The Forum at 8 on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It is eight minutes after eight, and thank you so much uh, for tuning into the Forum at Eight. Now, this morning on uh, the Forum at Eight, uh, we still focusing on a Women's uh, Month and Women's Day yesterday, and issues uh, that affect women uh, especially, and a psychological and emotional gap between parents or older people and younger ones, is referred to as a generation gap. And it is believed that the more the gap bulges, the more it creates misunderstanding and a lack of attachment um, between the older and the younger generations. So on the Forum at 8 this morning, we look at some of the challenges that this generation gap has thrown out, especially as it relates to addressing women's issues. Is the generation gap an impediment to the advancement of women's overall struggle issues? That's the question we're grappling with this morning. And we'd love to hear from you. 891 SMS us on 34701. Tweet or Facebook uh, those messages to AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And please use the hashtag AM Live. And we are joined now by Dr. Nogzola Mdende, who's an academic, a diviner, a practitioner and a leader of African Indigenous Religion and founder of the Kamagu Institute. Uh, thanks so much for speaking to us this morning, Doctor. Uh, thank you so much and good morning to all of you and including the listeners. And we have, of course, also invited a few younger women and trying to get hold of them. As soon as we do, we will uh, bring them onto the stage as well. But uh, Dr. Mdende, first off, I mean, do you think that the older generation of women, including uh, all the older generation of feminists, understand the challenges facing women today and how women should respond to these challenges? Oh, talking to me? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. You, you, you see, the, uh, I get, we appreciate and um, belonging to this older generation. We appreciate the fact that our kids now are judges, are accountants, and so on and so on. Very good. But the only problem that we have with our children is that they are suffering from identity crisis. They don't want to be themselves, and for them to be progressive means to behave like the West. You, you, you can see most they've got all these weaves. You can see they've got children out of wedlock, staying in flats, and they, they don't know, maybe it's on our side, they don't know what colonialism has done to our identity and how we would love to be with them at discussing these issues. For instance, as you have just said, I've got a PhD. That means I am of this era. At the same time, I'm a traditionalist because I could see that our children are having identity crisis. I listened on one of the media. People talking about barrel surnames because they say we don't want to lose our our identity. And, and my God, I said, does, does this person know the origin of the word Senem? I'm Kosa Senem, in Isikosa, is Ifan from Africans, V-A-N. Even Senems were introduced by the West. 
So now we are perpetuating again that confusion. And we look at our children, they've got weaves. You know, in our time, you wanted to stretch to be like a white person. Today, they are having these tattoos. Today, they are having a, a lot of confusion. And mostly our girls, they say they don't want Lobola. They are opting for this perfect wedding, which is more expensive than what they are criticizing for us. So we need forums that will make us discuss with them at a horizontal level, but those are not there because our girls are saying, I, Mama, you are outdated. And you don't find those in other races. For instance, they've got this, I might take the piercing, our girls, on the nose. They've copied that from Indians. Do they want to be Indians? And they've got all these scary things having uh, in, in their novels and so on and so on. So identity, they are worse. But, but why does that translate into an identity crisis? Could, no, could it not just be a case of this is how they choose to identify themselves? And what is wrong with that? You know, that, that is the problem. You know, in African tradition, no one is alone. One, you belong to your family. You can stay in a flat in Sentinel. You say in the flatting, but at one stage there will be things that will need you to go home. You belong. That is the problem, the difference that they don't see with the West. They don't have homes. They've got houses. They can they sell this estate, they sell this estate, and so on. But with us, we're not like that. And again, with us, life is a journey from, from conception until you die. And we understand that when a baby is born, these are the needs of a baby. When you reach puberty, now that means you are approaching adulthood. There are things that you won't understand in your body. It is therefore our duty in gender roles that uh, we, 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 we perform a ritual, we teach you about the next stage because you won't know. And then when it comes to marriage, marriage is for what? Marriage is for procreation and so on and so on. Once now you say you are going to make your own decisions, which you don't even care how much they affect those around you, then there will be a problem. You'll be a loose bone and you'll be individualistic like the West. And we are not individualistic. We are communal. And, you know, when you talk about things like uh, people having an identity crisis because they choose to wear a weave, that they become a loose ball because they choose to live in a certain way, isn't that just being judgmental as opposed to um, uh, really understanding and being accepting of the fact that someone is choosing to be different, to live in a way that they have chosen for themselves as opposed to that which is being prescribed by someone else? The fact that you say, I'm, I'm repeating this, you have chosen. Once you, cho- you know the way we, we, we define rights from African tradition, we have rights. As long as what you have chosen is not going to affect negatively those around you, then that one is right. But if it is right to you as an individual and it's affecting those people around you, then that is the problem. Because you cannot enjoy while I'm crying because of what you are doing.
Therefore, but, that is not a right. But, but, but what if someone said to you, but uh, that is just hypocrisy of the highest order because there are, um, you know, uh, a certain cultural practices, for example, that, are, uh, that women find detrimental to them as women, uh, that subjugates them as women. And, um, you know, how would you respond to that? Because they would say, what about me then? And looking out for me first. You know, uh, that is why I say we, we need forums. Because I agree halfway. For instance, men will be very selective when it comes to cultural practice to take what suits them from the culture and take what suits them from the West. For, let me make an example. Uh, uh, that uh, a young girl uh, in KwaZulu-Natal who was beat up by men in the township because she was wearing pants. The men said, this, according to our culture, women are not allowed to wear pants. It's only for men. Then I said, those men who are saying that are ignorant. Because if we're talking about African culture, the word pant in Isikosa is Ibluque from Africans Brook. It came with the white men. So it's neither for female or for men, or it's all for men and female, because it's something that came with the white people. So they must know which culture they're talking about. And also in a, in a, in a taxi rent in Gauteng, a woman, because she was wearing a short skirt, these men who cannot control themselves, say that, no, 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 this is not our culture for women to go about wearing like this. I said, again, these are ignorant township men because we know, according to our culture, a young girl in Dombazana is allowed to wear a short skirt. So that it means there is also ignorance about culture with our young girls. So that is why it is important that they sit down with us because the schools of thought that we had to teach about them were destroyed by the very Western culture that they are uh, 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 judging us from. For instance, when a young girl has uh, reached pupils, I said so, we, we, women, they perform, there's a ritual of Indonesian that is being performed. It's where we teach these young girls about sex. And it's, it's where as a paternal aunt, because a mother can be very subjective, any mother, because it's just molding uh, her child to her own direction. But during the ritual, the paternal aunt will sit down and they will talk as equal. Mm. And what would they be teaching these girls? You know, when we talk about the rites of passage, let me tell you again. Rites of passage, it, it things, there are three stages, the getting in, the seclusion, and the coming out. During seclusion, it's only those people who have passed that stage and those who are passing this stage who discuss those issues. These are secrets and secrets. That is why even with men, they teach them, if they still do, in, 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 they're there in, in the mountains and so on and so on. So I cannot tell 11-year-old on what happens when you are menstruating and what is this and that and when you have got a boyfriend. So I cannot tell you on radio because how many people are listening here.
Mm. But the, the, the reality of the matter is the world that we live in, 11-year-olds are menstruating already. We've seen children menstruate from as, ni- as early as nine years of age. So, you know, all of these things are moving. And similarly with culture, which brings me to the question whether culture is static or dynamic and whether we should be holding on for dear life uh, to uh, our cultures in their present form. I, I am saying, even myself, I am not even at home now. I'm, 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 I'm in a hotel. So that means everything is, is, is dynamic. But when it is dynamic, you must move on, but keep on to your identity. Because you will never be an Indian. You will never be a white. And those people, they keep their cultures. It's only us. Now, I want you to read, I want to read this. I was looking for it. I'm, but but, I'm, but, I'm, but that just sounds judgmental. The fact that someone wears a weave doesn't mean they, wa- they are trying to be white. The fact that someone wears a nose ring doesn't necessarily imply that they are trying to be Indian. They might just like the aesthetic of it. What's wrong with that? Have you, have you ever seen Indians uh, 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 liking what you are doing? Why is it with you? That is a hey, judgmental. We want to be this. You just because you black girls, you want don't want to be yourself. You want to be like hope of Daisy, of bold and beautiful, shaking your hand with the wave. You know, you don't want to be yourself. You want to be something else. That is the problem. But 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 how is that not being myself? If a child grows up and is exposed to various cultures around them and they like certain things from different cultures, what is wrong with that? You know, it's, I, I like it. They like things from other cultures. But you find that with you, you don't like anything from your culture. You say Lobola is, a, is a, you know, we're being sold. But you, you don't challenge the Indians when they are... Paying women are paying dowry to their husbands. Now, no, no, before you, you ask, it's, it's only three lines. I just, for, for all the listeners to analyze what I'm going to read here, held by Nangoli in his book, No More Lies About Africa. He says, has it ever occurred to you that you are the only people in the world without a true identity? You can tell a Chinese, a Russian, an Indian miles away because of, of, of identity. I'm constantly asking myself, But what is, is identity? African? What why is, is identity? You know, you know, for instance, it, 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 once it, there's a delay, Oh, you know that's a, that's an that's an I, I, that's an Indian. Once you are told that uh, Richard is coming, you are not sure whether it's a white person or is a black person. You don't know. But that is that is not entirely true. I mean, I have friends who have given their children um, names that has nothing to do with their culture, but they like the meaning of the name in another language, and they have named their children as such. So, so, so. Well, but don't don't you find the meaning of the word in your own Sutu language? No, but in this case, I'm specifically talking about white friends who have given their children African names. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, what what you talk about white uh, friends choosing the name is uh, Hashem Sympathy. Don't you see, Nazola, that my girl is Zolisa? I like the Zolisa. It's a question of superiority versus inferiority. To them, they do it. 
to please the black people. Now, let the question of identity, of, of adoption. Have you ever seen the black people adopting a white person, but they adopt our own children so that, uh, you know, I, I, you say, well, one, 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 one academic said, so is that judge who, who said that, who told, said something about black people being racist. One person said, but if they don't know that she has adopted a black child, what is it to do with adoption of a black child? So you'll find that what you do with the white people, they are always doing it as sympathizers to the black culture. That is why even if they have done any any project, you will see a white person teaching uh, a black people beating. And yet she has learned that beating from the very black people. Now don't all tell me about that. Mm. And you will find that even with marriage, let me say this, Mdanam, even with marriage, you will find that when a white, uh, when a black guy marries a white person, you'll find that if my son marries a white girl, now, when they go to Willow Vale, no, no, she, she, she won't like to be mixed with other Makotis and do the jobs there of other Makotis and to perform rituals. My son will stay in the suburbs. You see, if, even that one, so, because, hey, oh, my son has married Mlungu, therefore, she must be treated superior to that. So, don't tell me about that. That one is something that is undermining, again, the black culture. Uh, let's talk about how people choose to express themselves, for example, and looking at this generation gap. So um, on Saturday, for example, there was an incident with four young women who uh, chose to stage a silent protest um, against President Jacob Zuma. What was your take on that? <laughs> what was, what was my, you know, I said, hey, those girls, they are very brave. They are very brave, those girls, to do what they have done. So, to me, to me, as as, as Unogzola, they are very brave, and it shows that they are still head inside. So, if I was related to them, or I was a leader of a women's organization, I would call them so that we talk, guys, how do you think we can solve this? Because I'm a Rahadi, I'm a Tatobao. If it was one of my brother's children, I would say, you are brave. Uh, how can we solve this? But so, I can never, I would never have attacked those young girls. You would not attack them? No, 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 no. Because this is the duty of Tatobao, the Rahadi's paternal aunts and maternal aunts. Now, to see that there is a problem. Therefore, let us look for a solution to solve that problem. Well, the lines are blazing right now. Speaking uh, this morning to Dr. Nogzolam Dende, academic, diviner, practitioner, and leader of African Indigenous Religion and the founder of uh, Ikamagu. And uh, we're talking this morning about the generation gap and whether that is an impediment uh, to women's overall uh, struggle issues. And hearing how Dr. Mdende is explaining things, talking about um, young women of today uh, having an identity crisis.
um, uh, they don't want to be themselves is what Dr. Mdende is saying, looking at uh, what they are wearing, what they are doing in terms of behavior and how they are expressing themselves. So what is your view on this? Do you think that this generation gap is an impediment? 891 Opa and Durban, what's your view? Morning, Opa. It's actually Owen, if you're referring to me. I am referring to you. Apologies there, Owen. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, um, I, I like the topic. It's um, uh, thanks to the doctor to have tried to explain, but the questions you're asking are not simple to answer. But I think the, 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 the better way to say it would be, if you're looking for an orange, you don't find it, you find an apple. What will happen? So basically the way to define it better is nature. So God created um, the earth with all the different things in it, and they must remain like that. And um, in terms of the solution, I don't think there is a solution, but um, I can only say to those who believe in nature or God, whatever they call it, only God is the answer. Thank you. Thank you. Owen, uh, Dan is in Johannesburg. Good morning. Hi, it's Darren. Uh, just a quick one. I think before we look at uh, a woman uh, at large, I think we've got to look at her as a mother, as a mother who carried that child in her womb for nine extra months. And those nine extra months are very special to that mother, and she knows that child better than anybody else. Unfortunately, uh, I tend to agree with the doctor when it comes to the culture change and the culture shock that we currently see our children going through. Uh, being a father of two young teenage children, uh, yes, it's very difficult because they don't want to be sort of seen with me walking in the mall purely because I am dressed up in traditional uh, attire and then in their shorts and T-shirts or in flip-flops or whatever they're pleased to do. Unfortunately, that that is the trend, that is the way to go. But there again, uh, agreeing with the doctor, uh, we are asking for trouble if we are going to be dressing in those fancy ways because men have this animalistic behavior in them. And unfortunately, our teenage children will become victims of society once again because of that. Thank you. And and, and then the question is, these children are not raising themselves, uh, you know, so they are not being socialized by themselves. So what gives? I see we lost stand there. But let's hear from Vielwa and Bedford View uh, uh, before the news. Vielwa? Hi, Sisi. And the Mama Zala. You know, I listen, yeah, my, my favorite. I listen to your program every day in the morning, five o'clock. Thank you. But the problem is, it's too early, my mama. I missed out. You must change the slot, please. Hey, talk to talk to Mr. Generation gap. Generation gap. Okay, well, let me. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself here at home. I said, Tata, mama, Tata. See, see what the presenter. Calm down, man. Don't, 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 don't fight with mama. Just listen what Aye, the mama is saying. But we are not fighting. <laughs> we, are, we are interacting. There's uh, no fighting here. I agree with mama. Everything what she's saying, Sisi. Yesterday, mama, they were talking about now they want to legalize breastfeeding. How can we also, I mean, really? Because now white people, they don't want us to breastfeed on the street. How, how dare they are. Now we have to change. No, 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 no. It's not white people who don't want you to breastfeed. It is people. Because no, no. that prejudice I, is not only against that white people. I've written it down. I've written it down. Uh, this, this thing of, of breastfeeding. Yes. This, this, you know, that is why I said we had these things. For instance, in my case, I, I, I never had a formula in my, in my age. 
I'm go I'm, and this is my 60th year now, and we never had these formulas. We and with us, whether it's a social gathering or whatever, you breastfeed, you breastfeed your children. You take out your breast even before men, in front of men. You do the breastfeeding. Even the child goes and takes it and so on. But we were told that no, 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 no. This is a, a public indecency. Just go somewhere and hide yourself when you are breastfeeding. We were breastfeeding our children. Why now? As because it comes from the World Health Organization. It was our own thing that we were doing, even in public. Why now? And again, I agree. I disagree with the minister when he says, uh, "Obese people made it because I'm obese. Obese people is because they were not best best fed." I was never used to a, a formula, but I'm obese. So these things. We had them, but when the white people came in, they distorted them, they removed them. Now they are coming back with them. And when they are coming back with them, we must be on the national radio saying, yeah, breastfeeding, this was our culture. Well, we'd love to hear your views, especially from young women. Do you agree? If so, let us know. And if you don't, we also want to hear from you. 0891104208. This morning, we're talking about the generation gap and asking whether that generational gap is an impediment to the advancement of overall women's struggles. And uh, judging by the conversation we have been having, it is clear that we won't always see eye to eye. But just how much of an impediment is that to our uh, to our overall uh, struggle advancement? 0891-104-208 is the number to dial. Our guest this morning, Dr. Nogzolam Demde, and uh, we've got Simone calling in from Durban. Good morning, Simone. Hi there. Um, uh, you know, I'm a young young woman with a mixed Afrikaner and English background, um, and you know, I, I think I'd, I'd like to contribute to the conversation first of all by saying that. You know the, the kind of generation gap that that your your guest is referring to is by no means unique to black cultures today. You know there's huge gulfs between how my grandparents and parents approached life and the world, and how my generation approaches life. And and I think you know it's, culture is not a static thing. Culture does evolve. It does change. You know I have adopted in my life, things from all sorts of cultures. I do yoga, which comes from an Indian background, and I, you know, I've, I've adopted lots of different things. I do, you know, and, and I think you know, it's important to, to be proud of one's heritage and to, to hold on to the good things, but I think it's also important to recognize that a lot of cultural practices you know, oppress women, and a lot of cultural practices have simply fallen out of like, and there's no longer a need for them because of technology that has evolved or because of society that has evolved. And, you know, um, in Indian cultures, people are pushing back against arranged marriages. You know, in um, European cultures, you know, people are becoming more tolerant. And because let's be honest, Europeans don't have the greatest background of, of tolerance. But, you know, those are cultural practices that are changing because those cultural practices were not good, not good practices. And, and I think it's important to be proud of one's heritage and hold on to the good, but recognize that, you know, culture also needs to evolve.
Thank you. Thank you so much for that, uh, Simone. Uh, Kathleen in Drummond says, weaves are very traditional. The women of the Tugela Valley grew their hair first uh, to form a style indicating young women, uh, which uh, hair then became uh, in clog of the married woman. And long before the wicked whites influenced tradition and most interesting listening to blatant racism being cloaked in the disguise of defending women's rights. So says uh, Kathleen in Drummond. Can you see Johannesburg, what's your view? Morning, how are you? Well, and you? I'm good. I think, first of all, I'd like to say that the statement about the, the weave is completely intolerant and completely uninformed. I have natural hair now, but the reason why I don't like my natural hair is exactly the same reason why I don't like weaves, because it takes me 30 minutes to get my hair done in the morning. I choose to have braids because it's easier to walk around in braids. And I know my friends like weeds because they think weeds are easier to get done in the morning than natural hair. So that is completely uninformed and so completely ignorant of the lady. Secondly, as a young woman, I'm 25 now, and my mother raised me in such a way that I did not even understand that there was a need for me to hate white people or to hate Indian people for that matter. But as soon as I got into the world of work two years ago, I was bombarded by, you know, stories about because I work in an NGO run by black people. And they bombarded me with stories of white people are terrible. Why must you assimilate to their culture? Why are you always trying to be like like white people? Why are you always trying to be a white person? And I sit there and I'm like, for 23 years of my life, I never hated white people. Suddenly in two years, the way that I understand the, the, the relationship between blackness and whiteness has suddenly become so intolerant. And I hear this in the lady speaking is that there's, there's, a, there's a message of intolerance in the way she speaks about white people, about Indian people, about anything else that is not black. And it, it is worrying for me because not only I'm, I'm struggling to whether to, to identify this as a generational gap or a, I don't know what kind of gap it is because my mom didn't teach me that. But the women I work with, which are strong black women, are teaching me to hate the other that is not black. And I don't understand what it is. I would like to say it's a generational gap, but my mother makes me believe that it's not. And I feel like there's a problem here. There's a problem with, with, with educated women. I'm sorry to think that they've been, they've been stepped on so much, you know, trying to get to the top three times the ladder, trying to get their PhDs. That they've, they've, they've suddenly created this other understanding and construct that they're just forced feeding down on us. And it's it's not okay, and it's not healthy, and I don't understand how to. I think that needs to be fixed. That needs to be understood. Not that there's a generational gap, but what's going on with people who do not want to, to tolerate, and they're teaching us not to tolerate ourselves. Is it is it tolerance, or is it as um, uh, Doctor Ndende was saying that uh, young people need to know who they are, uh, that they they need to have an identity and understand that identity? Do you feel that? You perhaps, because of the way in which you've been brought up, um, have a bit of an identity crisis. I'd love to hear from you. To Misani in Durban, uh, good morning. Yes, good morning, then. Um, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. No, no. I'm, I think I partly agree with the professor in some of the, uh, the things that she has mentioned. Uh, but my take on the issue is that I'm coming from a very traditional family. Um, when I grew up, there are things that, um, cultural things that were instilled in me by my parents. So, for some of them, I could not even understand why. But as I grew up and as I begin to ask, I understand why. You know, when people talk about, when they talk about that, the culture evolves and this and that. 
they are very quick to pick things from our culture that are bad, things that we are not proud of. We are not saying that culture must be stated, but from the things that are good in our culture, I think those things must stand, even today, because I think they help us, they help us mold us into real men, uh, into a young generation that has identity. Because I've never seen uh, particularly white people. I mean, uh, I don't know how to put it in English, but you know, there is this issue of uh, still bleaching uh, because you want to be a yellow bull. But why white people are not making their skin uh, complexion darker? Okay. I have a problem with that. All right. Uh, that's to me, Sunny in Durban. Mpo is calling us from Santon. Good morning, Mpo. Good morning, Baholo. A quick one. Um, you mentioned an issue about how these kids are being raised. That being the primary, that should be the primary focus. Because when you say I've got an identity crisis as a young woman, who raised me not to understand my identity mm. in the form that they want me to mm. understand it? I am now in the process of getting married and I'm trying to understand what all of that means. And tradition has only now been enforced on me. And I'm asking myself, where has it been in the past 30 years? And why is it my sole responsibility to fully appreci- appreciate it without the help of parents? Well, thank you so much, Mpo. Uh, 0891-104-208, many calls coming through, uh, Dr. Mdende. Maybe you want to respond to those that will take a few more calls. Yes, thank you so much. I will quickly respond to, to three questions. The first one spoke about God. Okay, I want to uh, ask the listeners outside there. In South Africa, it's 22 years of democracy. We hear the government saying, Happy Easter or Happy Christmas. We hear that is Christian. We hear the government say happy Diwali for the Hindu and happy uh, Yom Kippur and others from the Jewish. Tell me in these 22 years, if you don't have an identity crisis, you say happy what according to our own uh, culture? Happy what? There's nothing. And I want to come to Kathleen. Uh, to Kathleen, uh, I can, I can, I can just feel how she was raised. We are not talking about racism here. We are talking about what caused the present identity crisis. That you must, you must understand. And then I can see she's talking to me. Uh, say the lady. You do, you, I can see she's got identity crisis. I'm not a lady to her. I'm a mother. You say lady to people who are equal to you. I'm a mother. I am not there. And also, uh, 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 we are not hating white people. I've got so many white people who are my friends. We are not hating them, but you are saying, I'm, if I'm next to the fire, wait for me to say, shoo, get his up. It's burning here. Don't say, hey, no, don't you see you are burning there? It's what Tulsan is saying. It's quick to... Uh, point out that, hey, they, those people are oppressed, and yet the way they are so oppressed in their own cultures. And no, no, Mpo has touched me. Mpo has touched me because we are saying they've got identity crisis. Even parents, they've got a problem. That is why I'm saying with me, even this confusion of double barrels and names, you know, and again, with us as parents, because we're told anything that the white man does is good, is progressive, is godly. Therefore, I want my children to be there. Even parents, they don't want their children to speak vernacular at home. They, they want them to speak English. 
So that is also the problem of the parents. And even when we talk about a man uh, appreciating us as women, you find it is in, in, in this, uh, uh, yes, hey, you are going to be put in that senior position. You know, Noxola, you must show these other women that you are capable of doing it. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing it in the side of this man because they are the ones that they want to dictate and interpret how I should do it. That is the major problem. We are also having a problem. And, what, uh, I, I, what, and for instance, if Nambo, he says he just doesn't want Lobola, she was never told about what Lobola is all about. So that is why I say we need forums and people like myself who is going to talk, take it out and you take it or you leave it. That's all. Not to be not to do it because I must be loved by these senior people. I must be loved by these politicians. I must be loved by this patriarchy and so on. If our culture is like this, it is like this, full stop. And and, and there was a typical uh, case in point there where you say uh, the young lady addresses you as the lady. And mm. to her, she was not being disrespectful. Exactly. That is why I'm saying I, I I could feel how she was she was uh, she, she 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 was brought up because she at her age she cannot say lady to me no mother she will say lady to somebody of her age to it's only her father who can if I don't know how how old is he who can say to me lady. Here's a quick question from Spusisa before I go back to the line. So Spusisa asks, how does self-love translate to hating others? I, you know, you talk now about self-love. Self-love is individualistic. I say from our own culture, no one is individualistic. We are communal. So I can't have self-love. I will talk about our love. That is why I feel sorry for poor, for instance, now, 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 there's a problem now with people of our age. It's not poor's problem. Then that is our love. We don't have self-love. We have our love. Well, uh, let's go back to the lines. Uh, we're talking about that generational gap and whether it is proving to be an impediment or a hindrance to the advancement of uh, women's struggles overall. Uh, Lerato and Buslukung in the Free State, uh, what's your view on this? Sakina, good morning and thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm a 40-year-old and I would like to believe that I was raised in a very democratic family, if I can call it so. My parents taught us, Uguti, what is Ubuntu. And their parents, before them, taught them, Uguti, what is Ubuntu. Ubuntu, Sakina, does not say that I must hold on, you know, completely hold on to what I would term my culture. Culture evolves, Sakina. There are basic principles that apply to all cultures. Respect, one of them. Omamunogzola, she comes across very aggressively as saying, in my culture. Omamunogzola should remember that in our cultures, different cultures, the babies, the Kofas, the Indians, the Chinese, we do things differently, differently. But underlying principles are things such as respect. And if you approach things from an element of respect, 
then as you grow, as you interact with other people, you learn Uguti exactly culture in culture evolves and we do things differently. So it shouldn't be enforced on the younger generation as she tends it. That you know, to say mama that is the only way of respecting. If like the lady Umpo does not know Umama's name. Calling a lady is a way of respecting her. There is no element of disrespect. And you know what? The, you know, the, the thought of holding on to what we call a culture, it goes on. And you know what? As it goes on, it's one of the things that perpetuates racialism. You know, people end up being racist because they say, in my culture, things are done this way. In your culture, things are done in a certain way. Mina, what I would propose is that Abu Mamunogzor, from here as adult, they should create platforms and forums, like it used to be done in the past, but, oh, God forbid, it shouldn't be done there like it was done in Makai. There should be platforms. That can be done whereby young people are taught Uguti in the Zulu culture. When you turn nine, for example, you're just about to start having a period. Then things are done this way and that way and the other way. And then the social people should also come so that we also get to know and understand other people and their way of doing things. And the moment we do that, the moment we start doing that, that generational gap that we also create in our way to. Well, thank you so much, the uh, Lerato and Botlokong. Sue, you're in Polokwane. What do you have to say? Um, you know, I wish my daughter could listen to this uh, this morning because um, there's some very sensitive issues that we always talk about that, that is coming out here. But what I want to say is this. I always say to, to my students that uh, you must look at the person that you are before you are a Christian or before you are that whichever culture you choose to belong to. And if that person is a good and kind and valuable person that feels good about yourself, then all these other things just add value. But now if we use Christianity or culture or religion or whatever to give you the identity, then I have a problem with that. Because then you are automatically going to look at the person who does not conform to your perception of your culture or a person from another culture and somebody who is automatically lacking in your eyes. And that is what is causing the identity crisis. We have an identity crisis. I threw off the yoke of that identity and generational crisis 25 years ago. And now 25 years later, it's creeping back in different forms. It's creeping back in a form uh, where people are trying to tell me that as a black person, you are not black enough. Or as a black person, you have to conform to a particular culture before I can identify you as black. So you, you, we have a crisis, and it is more than just a generational and an identity crisis. It is a self-crisis where we have forgotten to define ourselves as, as the kind of person that we want to ha- be first and have value before we adopt the other things. Well, thank you. And, and I think, Sue, uh, thanks also for highlighting, as you say, uh, the struggle in that conversation with your daughter, which comes back to this uh, generational gap um, and, uh, you know, how we address things and how the young people choose to do certain things as opposed to an older generation and whether that is now causing or proving to be an impediment to advancing our common cause as women. Siki and Port Elizabeth, good morning. 
Siki. Okay. Hello. Morning, Siki. Hi, can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay, great. No, it's an interesting topic I've been listening in. Um, and I think we've migrated a bit um, from the original question, which was the generational gap. But my take on it really is that the onus is on both generations to bridge that gap and to make the best of it, to reach out uh, the younger generation to the older generation to, uh, you know, to learn what we can, because the older generation obviously have a lot to teach the younger generation because they've had a lot more experience in life in general. And I think the whole issues of, of women's struggle is not a new thing. And um, the fact that women have challenges uh, today in 2016, they've always had challenges. And I think somehow um, the older generation have gone through those challenges and survived. And I think there's, there's lessons to be learned from that, um, which makes it responsibility of the younger generation mm. to reach out to the but, older but, but, generation. But, and and, and, and I, I concur with that. But how are these um, differences holding us back? Because uh, take that example from earlier uh, where one of our callers referred to uh, Dr. Mdende as lady and she wasn't trying to be disrespectful and 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 um you know how easily uh such things could get us off track whereby you know it, it is simply something where uh we do not necessarily agree on whether it is disrespectful or respectful as such uh we lost um a siki there but anyway let's go to lake in kala good morning Sagana, good morning and thank you Hello. Welcome. Thank you, Sagina. You are speaking to like from Ekala and greetings to Umama Mdende. Uh, my point and my take will be, uh, in Africa, we have a, a, a saying, uh, umuntu, umuntu, kabantu. Uh, there's an English saying that it takes the whole society to raise a child, be it a boy child or a girl child. Now, when we talk of generation gap, I doubt very much that the previous or the older generation are an impediment to the current generation. Because why? They are the people who have more knowledge on what we used to be or what we were before. The current generation should be learning from the older generation. For an example, if you go to school syllabus today, the kids today are given homeworks and tasks of knowing their generations, that is parental generations from both mother and, and father's side, whereby they'll be learning clan names, they'll be learning their originals in terms of uh, 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 where they were situated in the previous uh, kingdoms. But our, 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 our attitude now towards that, it tends to, uh, to, to be distorted by what we think it's, it's improvement. The previous uh, generations or the older generation used to teach us how to grow, how to de- how to be, how to respect, and how to carry our lives generally as young people. For an example, as a young boy re- uh, approaching puberty, when you go to the mountain for your circumcision, the first thing when you come down the mountain, there will be those celebration and welcoming of home. Those young boys are taken to a hut where they the only mothers, mothers alone whereby they are taught, now you are a man, my child. This is what is expected of you. 
Oh, we lost Lake there. I still wanted oh. to ask Lake, you know, does that mean, however, that the older generation has nothing to learn from the younger generation? Does it mean that they now have a set of knowledge and that they can close themselves off in that part? It can't be. We all have to learn from each other. At least that's what I believe. Let's uh, quickly take Ngabayomzi uh, Kwankwa. Mr. Kwankwa? Yes, uh, I think thank you very much for this opportunity. I think the question, firstly, let me go back to what that young lady said. For instance, I can't imagine myself calling my mom a lady. Nor can I imagine myself saying to someone who's old enough to be my mother that she is ignorant. That too shows you that uh, uh, she spoke to her from the context of a different culture, which is not African. The second issue that we must talk about, Sakina, is that Mama is trying to say here, it's the creolization of cultures, but the over-creolization of African cultures, sometimes to the point of extinction, that is a problem. If you attend any Western event, you'll see that they are all steeped in Western tradition, with some level of creolization. Obviously, that means that there are certain cardinal pillars that are not negotiable in their cultures, that define them and identify them. As, as different race groups. Give me an example of them. that. Give me an example no, uh, of a culture that has not been tainted or creolized no, no, by no. another culture. That's, that, that, that is why I'm saying you will also find that there are certain cardinal pillars, things that you'd find that are not negotiable, that are steeped in Western tradition, but you would find that every, here, here and there, there are still parts of, say, for example, you're attending an event that's in South Africa, you'd, you'd find... Um, uh, certain things, practices that would show that indeed that has been domesticated localized to a certain extent. But the point Mama is trying to make is that our cultures tend to be over-creolized through over-assimilation of values of other people to the point where our cultures actually face extinction. Another okay. typical example, another typical example which is a problem here in South Africa is that it's, it's, it's modern and progressive for young people, for our kids not to be able to speak vernacular, for instance. In my case, I don't allow that. I don't allow it at all because I know that, for example, your identity, your your language, rather, is very important to your identity, as an example. But if there's any generational gap, if there's anything that we're doing wrong as this generation, it's because it's our parents who have failed us. They, okay. they must go back to the drawing board. It's very clear. Thank you so much. Um, Dr. Mdende, you were saying that you can't learn anything from the younger generation in closing? <laughs> You know, the fact that you say, I must learn from you. In our tradition, we have already experienced, as they have said so. The fact that you say, I must learn from you, then it's problematic. But I want to, I want to because of time, you know, when Lerato was saying different cultures, you know, it seems as if she says, she says that I don't agree on different cultures. If it's Lerato who's saying lady to me, I'll be having a problem. But if it's Sean, who, who is wh- white or whatever, when he's saying lady, I won't be offended because it's, it's his culture. Okay. And it fact that they can call us by our names. Lerato cannot call me Noxola, but Sean, because it's his culture, can call me Noxola. We, we know about those things, but we are talking about the generation gap on in our African way of life. Let's park it there. We have to come back at a later stage with this. And thank you so much for your time there, Dr. Nogzolam Demde, and thanks to everybody else who participated. Time now for the news with Kumbuzile Tabete.